welcome to the Camden Fringe Pod, a podcast all about the Camden Fringe. Keep listening for a glimpse behind the curtains and to find out how you can get involved in, you guessed it, the Camden Fringe. Hello, I'm Michelle. I am Zena. Happy August. Happy August, or as we say to each other, Happy Harry Potimus. Happy Harry Potimus. So it's the 1st of August as we're recording this. Day one of the Camden Fringe is complete. 27 mm-hmm. more days to go. There was a lot of emails. It was reasonably smooth, no major disasters, and I think it went all right. Yeah, there was a lot of Instagram notifications. And I was going to say, we haven't had any reviews out yet because it's too early, but two just have come out. And we sold a lot of tickets yesterday, so that's great. Yep, so all going okay so far. Let's hope it continues to be as slick. Today we're slightly looking ahead beyond the Camden Fringe and we're talking to Holly Lombardo. And we're talking to her about things that you can do with your show after you have finished your festival run, whether that be at the Camden Fringe or at another fringe. So she is one of the directors of World Fringe. And she also is one of the directors of Rural Touring. So she knows lots of things about life after the festival. Hello, Holly. This is Holly Lombardo that we're speaking to today. You run the World Fringe Network, don't you, along with um, Kath. Is that right? Yes. Yes, that's correct. Yes, Kat And you host lots of really, well, you host the World Fringe Forum and you host loads of great meetings where fringe managers from around the world can all connect with each other and share their pain and their triumphs and, and share information and advice for each other, which is really a helpful thing. As a performer, so obviously we lots of our Camden Fringe groups are, will be listening to this. How how can they sort of utilise what you do with World Fringe if they're thinking about performing elsewhere in the world? Okay, so for starters, thank you. It's lovely to be here. How can artists utilise World Fringe? So there are, unbeknownst to many people, 300 plus Fringe festivals across the world And there are at least 70 in the UK, which always surprises people. So the kind of majority of festivals reside in the UK and North America. And there are tours set up um, between them. Likewise, in Australia and New Zealand, there are tours where the festivals know each other very well. There's sister festivals and things like that. So I think for artists, the first port of call would be to establish where they might quite like to tour and then to have a look at those areas on our website, which is worldfringe.com. Um, and there's an A to Z of fringe festivals there. Also kind of everybody knows everybody. So they can ask questions of different fringes about their craft and the type of work they create and what festival might be relevant to them and what talk for instance there's the north american or the canadian tours which are very well established by the canadian association of french festivals and you can apply to go across canada with those and it's more of a kind of lifestyle 
choice rather than a money making one. And some of them are more about making some money for your for yourselves, but some of them are also for the experience. Yes, first of all, check out our website. And there's also a calendar on there so people can see when festivals happen. So um, establish where and then when you want to go and then start making some contacts. With 300 festivals happening around the world, could you could you sort of be a full-time fringe performer and just keep going, do you think? You could. You could, particularly between, well, the... The Australian ones start in January. There are a couple later in the year, but um, they start in January. So you could tour from Perth to Adelaide and some New Zealand ones as well, and then go uh, North America, then the UK. So, yeah, you totally could. I think Montreal is the first one to start in Canada. You'd properly go bonkers, wouldn't you, if you... If your life was one never-ending fringe You festival. would. Like, I think um, probably visa applications and things like that might start to become a bit of a bore. Uh, you could, yeah, whether you would be able to maintain your finances going from one to the other is another thing. So you'd have to do careful budgeting. But, you know, for instance, for a UK artist, I think going to Adelaide and Perth is probably similar amount to going to Edinburgh, including flights. So And the weather's better. Although Edinburgh's amazing and you do get lots of um industry folk there, but um Adelaide is also incre- an incredible festival. We were lucky to have our Congress there. Do or industry folk go over to Australia? Yeah. They do. So um, I know more about Adelaide, but I know that they do tend to hop from Perth to Adelaide. But Adelaide run a thing called the Honeypot, which is all about getting industry people to come, bookers and promoters and venues and things like that. Artistic directors will go over. And, you know, for instance, I think there's 16 Adelaide shows at Latitude this weekend. So um, there's a, you know, there's a lot of interconnectivity between some of the festivals. If you're going to go, then you have to make the most of that networking experience uh, because that's what will pay for you to go to the next one and the next one and the next one. Probably the order is excellent show, don't take it unless it's top notch Mm -hmm. because it's a waste of money uh, for you. Tickets, industry, that's that's the sort of... uh, People have different priorities, but I'd say that was the clearest route. So of the 300 Fringe Festivals, how many have you visited? Oh, gosh, you do. I should know that. Not enough, you know. I feel like I've met everybody because we run World Fringe Congresses since 2012. And so I've met, you know, the majority of festival directors, probably um, either online or in person, visiting them i mean world fringe isn't funded so um you know it it's not a it's mostly volunteer led it's a passionate it's a passionate organization in the same way that the people that run fringe festivals are passionate about what they do um and we're not funded to go to places so uh, we have done it in the past we've done it a lot but we've self-funded quite a lot to go and visit 
different festivals. I mean, we've traveled the world. Don't get me wrong. We've traveled. Kath and I have traveled the world. Uh, we used to regularly go to Italy. I've been taken to the Azores and festivals would bring us to their festivals to kind of give out an award or some kind of accolade or we'll do a press conference. And for them, for the festivals, it will put it's not always in festival season either. So it will be around the launch or something like that. And for that festival, particular festival, it will be about putting their small fringe because most fringes are really small into the global context so it brings loads of importance to what they're doing and the ethos of their festival and how it's interconnected with like-minded people and artists across the world for the festivals that kind of bring us out to them it really does make a difference and when we went to uh, the fringe in rome there the next day there was national press all with us all over the all over it <laughs> which is you know I, we don't do it for ego none of us do no festival director does it for ego really in fringe um it's all about kind of the belief in the fringe um ecology how it creates new work how it's innovative and it it's a change maker for many different countries as well it's interesting somehow sometimes how fringes start and what their ambition is and quite often it's not just about getting artists on stage it's a lot more than that depending on where they are and so have you got a dream one that you'd love to go to money no object there's loads oh there's so many (laughs) so I quite like the island fringes no offense to any other fringe that isn't on an island because everyone is brilliant but there's like um Victoria in Canada there's Fiji there's Hawaii you know there's lot there's a Hawaii fringe yeah it's been going for years yeah I'd go there it's in Oahu so obviously you know the Azores was amazing like that was like a family you were in it immediately like that was beautiful to be there so those kind of like island fringe festivals are interesting because they're very much they're enclosed by their border which sounds really obvious but it's not always that obvious that people can't, you know, their audience and the artists are enclosed by water borders, which is unique. Which is the favourite one that you've been to? I have a favourite. But obviously it's Camden. Mm-hmm. Obviously it's Camden, yeah. <laughs> no, I can't have a favourite. Do you know what? Everyone who works in Fringe is amazing. And sometimes you meet people and you instantly click and then you find out that they're Fringes as well. And you're like, ah, no wonder we get on. You're in Fringe in some way. You know Fringe. And then you're like, oh, that makes perfect sense. I suppose meeting other people doing the same kind of thing, there's there's an instant shortcut, isn't there, to sort of knowing that you have chosen to go through this thing every year which is very very hard not very rewarding and dealing with very similar problems and and doing lots and lots of different roles all rolled into one so there's probably like yeah there's an instant bond isn't there the other thing of kind of festival management which is you know world fringe concentrates on the festival staff and leaders obviously it cares about the artists that are involved and that's the whole reason for being but our job is to interconnect and support the upskilling of festival directors in kind of 
sharing knowledge and everybody is so passionate and so lovely and also if you're in the fringe family you've got you know 300 cities in the world or areas towns in the world that you can visit and you would be welcomed with open arms and there's something really powerful I think about that I mean it does mean that you only ever have busman's holidays so wherever you go you know there's somebody to meet meet up with which is really lovely someone from Milan Fringe is coming to Camden Fringe this summer brilliant yeah and I noted the next congress is in um, Scandinavia somewhere wasn't it that made me go Ooh, we could go to that yeah so the world fringe congress stockholm stoff fringe that uh also run the nordic and baltic fringe network so i mean that is an amazing tour route so they do one call for about 10 festivals um and it's one application to be in all of them so you can Uh, you can tick which ones you want to be in which ones are relevant for your tour but they try and do it back to back to make it easier for artists to tour Um, and it's interesting you know going to non-english speaking countries as well you know your work has to adapt but some some non-english speaking countries also have a lot of expats for instance prague fringe has a lot of english speaking work because there's a large expat community so they take a lot of work you know english speaking work there and there's all loads of festivals like that it just needs a little bit of research and reminders of your website worldfringe.com so holly we also wanted to talk to you about rural touring is that yeah. something you're still involved with very much yeah i'm the director of three companies so one world fringe one national rural touring forum so i'm the director of that and that is a uh, funded organization by arts council england and we've got many many members who are part of the forum so rural touring is about small scale touring very similar to fringe festivals as in the artists will be prepared to kind of travel with their kit and pop up in unusual spaces so they could be pubs they could be libraries they could be village halls community centers village greens and uh, small towns community centers and things like that so there's a breadth of spaces it's not just rural it can be small market towns small towns as well but it's about you know being a a professional quality work it isn't like fringe in a sense if you want to perform there you can it is curated and programmed very carefully there's not that many slots a year so there's about probably 2,000 shows a year across the country which sounds like a lot but actually it isn't because quite a few of them are the same shows they're on tour and things like that so um there are lots of they're called schemes we call them schemes they're the kind of development programming hubs which are based around the country so there's about 25 of those around the country and what they do is they will find shows that they think that their community will want they'll create something which is called a menu of shows and then they will show that menu to what we call promoters so promoters can be anybody they're the kind of hosts so they could be venue managers they could be key holders of a community hall uh one person they could be an activity committee from a village a parish council you know they're all professional uh promoters then the promoters they might have kind of 150 or 
30 different venues that they want to fill throughout the year. And those promoters will pick from the menu what they want. And then the scheme would create the tour for the artist. And the important thing is why the schemes are important is because they subsidize that show into that space. So it's fairly paid for the artists. Um, You get a fee. And uh, what happens is most likely the scheme will pay half of that and then the village hall will pay the other half. And that's how it becomes financially viable to put professional quality work into unusual, uh, you know, less utilised, less equipped spaces. And the kind of the ethos behind all of that is to make professional quality work more accessible when there's barriers to seeing work for people in rural areas such as financial the time it takes to get into a city or a town you know you might have to have a hotel might take you two days to go to London and see a show if that's where your nearest town is and also there's those kind of like the barriers for entry that people might not feel comfortable in a big institution they're not used to being in a town or a city then you know going into a large cultural venue it might not feel like that is the space for you which for us in the arts might sound unusual but it isn't at all unusual Um, you know if you think of village residents you know the farming community for instance you know without wanting to do sweeping generalizations they might be less less inclined it's like me going into selfridges I just feel like I'm not supposed to be there. Yeah. It's the same kind it's of thing. Very expensive. <laughs> exactly. It sounds like a great scheme if you can get onto this scheme. How would a group go about trying to contact you to be considered for this? So there's several ways. I mean, there's uh, lots of really unique nuances of rural touring, which, you know, artists might feel like, they could easily do a village hall, but there are things to think about beyond that, which are like, you might not have much get-in time, which is why fringe artists would be perfect. Less get-in time, there might be a Zumba class before you, there might be one plug, you know, all of those things you need to think about. So there's lots of training around the country. So schemes do lots of different kind of labs for uh, artists to get to know rural touring and if you can then I would look at doing those because that would put you in a really good position to get in on the act let's say everybody knows everyone really well so um, it's a very small community rural touring and they're all up for phone calls they want tour packs they want invitations to shows or videos of your show you know we say first of all go to the website which is ruraltouring.org and uh, in there there's some resources about how to start and where to start and also the list of schemes our membership for artists is 25 quid a year it's nothing and you get onto our newsletter which has loads of call outs and opportunities you will get into all of the resources which otherwise you can't see them all you can use the discussion boards which you can chat with each other with and you you're more likely to get in on our conference so we do our conference once a year which is where everybody comes together and meets and you can do showcasing and pitch up opportunities there as well but it is competitive you know it's like a programmed festival in that in that sense if you're used to festival touring then it's like approaching a very well curated 
um, artistic director-led festival and to do individual approaches. There's nothing worse than a blanket email and everybody can tell when you do a blanket email. There's only 25 schemes, so find out who the director is or who the programmer is and direct it to their name. I think that's a really important thing because otherwise they get contacted a lot and that kind of email, blanket email, is deleted because you know it's not that important to the person that sent it exactly exactly yeah the kind of work that you'd be looking for for um rural touring it would need to be i presume something that's going to appeal to a really broad audience and nothing too niche audiences are up for a challenge so it doesn't have to be nicey nicey work it doesn't have to be easy um but it does have to kind of cross generation quite a lot because a lot of the time it's a family outing not that it has to be family friendly either you can put age restrictions on things but you know you will get a cross of community there um and also for the artist you have to understand that it's not always about you so they the village the community will come out because it's a community event and they want to see their neighbours they want to have a good time so that's one of the things where it's different to black box tickets you know someone will choose the show in a theatre because they want to see it when you go to rural touring they will choose the night out before the art quite a lot of the time so it's about kind of leaving your ego at the door be ready for immediate feedback because you're sitting in eye line you can see the whites of their eyes. And as soon as you come off stage, we're like, that was great. Why was that bit like that? What was this? So you have to be okay without a fourth wall. There is no fourth wall in rural touring. Because they're not necessarily going to have loads of theatre lights. No, and no like there's that, not. No, the stage there's not. Stage. You'll see everyone. You'll arrive with them. You've probably had dinner with them. You'll have chatted with them before. And then you'll have a drink with them in the bar after. You might even be staying at one of their houses. I mean, what, you, what we say in a rural touring is when you go to a black box theatre, it's uh, the artist that invites the audience in. And when you're in rural touring, it's the audience that invites the performer to perform for them so it's very very different um it's beautiful if you love it not it's not for everyone but if you love it it's a really gorgeous uh fulfilling touring network to get involved in but it does take some nurturing and and quite a lot of research and understanding to get involved yeah i think it's it's easy to forget isn't it? if you live in a city it's easy to forget what's going on in the rest of the world and remember that they not everybody lives in the same way with the same conveniences exactly, and... exactly. they're all local you know very hyper local it's, it's cohesive and friendly and all that kind of thing fantastic thank you very much holly those are the those are the things that we really wanted to talk to you about thanks so much you're welcome Bye. brilliant thanks for having me I really like the um, idea of the rural touring network. Yes, yeah, I think cool. it would be. I think it'd be really good fun and a really great way to see loads of different bits of the UK that you wouldn't normally just go to in your everyday comings and goings. Sounds like you need to be pretty professional though, and pretty adaptable. Yeah, really adaptable, and and just have a really super great show. 
Last week, we had our launch party. We did. That was fun. It was good. It was at the Water Rats, who we are very grateful to for hosting it. It was lovely. It was rammed. It was very full. I think we had about 100 different shows represented at the launch, which was nice. Yeah, it's a lovely venue. I would like to see more shows booking in there in the future. It was really lovely to meet all of those people. Yeah, really nice because you kind of spend a lot of time messaging people and reacting to their social media posts and then you actually meet them in real life. It's very exciting. One of my favourite things that happened at the launch party was we met Suchanjika Chakraborty, who is doing her show Doom Scrolling, but she was like, we've had a message saying that there's some spare slots at the Camden Comedy Club. And I was thinking we could put something on. And I was like, yeah, oh yeah, we could do like a mixed bill night of the best of the Camden Fringe. She's like, yeah, yeah, we could do that. So we've done that. It's just happened spontaneously in the last week. So there are now four dates where people are doing their full shows at the Camden Fringe are coming to do a little vignette, 10, 15 minutes bit. Um, so if you want to see some mixed bill comedy night, it's finally happening. It's at Camden Comedy Club, obviously. It's the 5th of August, the 9th of August, the 20th of August and the 23rd of August. So the first one is Saturday the 5th and the guests are Lou Taylor, Naonica uh, Gosh. Greg Houston and Kate Lois Elliott. And obviously, Suchandrika will be hosting. Uh, what else do we know? Format for the podcast will probably change a little bit while we're super busy actually running the fringe. Um, so we won't be doing interviews, but we'll try and do a little newsy catch up every week. Are you happy with that, Zena? I am happy with that. Break a leg, everyone. Break your legs. Bye.